We've all got questions about the Bible and Christianity. Some of us are Christians and want to know how best to live for God and show our love for Him. Some of us are curious about what it means to follow Jesus. And some of us are skeptical of the idea of religion in general. Whatever your background, we invite you into these conversations that strive to take an honest look at what the Bible has to say on a wide variety of subjects. Each week, we will discuss questions that have been sent in from all around the world and try to find truth and practical application in God's Word. If you have any questions or follow-up comments, contact us anytime by emailing info at broadwaycoc.com. I'm Jed Lovejoy, and these are Conversations with Dan. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another conversation here with Dan and Jed. Glad to have you here. It's a red t-shirt Monday morning. <laughs> okay. So we have had a lot of fun here lately with our like 200th episode and all these different milestones of people joining the, the conversations here with us. Yep. And so it's always great to hear from you. I would say as one note of encouragement, if you're a podcast listener and you can leave us a review, that really would help. Um, I, more and more we're hearing from people that are finding us on podcasts rather than through the YouTube channel that we've been doing the longest. So if you're joining us in that space and you can help spread it further, we would greatly appreciate it. For this week's question... From the land down under. It comes all the way from Australia, yeah. Um, from a preacher there, and he's uh, with the Gipps Street Church of Christ. So shout out to anyone else listening and watching there in Australia. Uh, he sends this, and he thanks us for all of our videos. He's joined us for a while, but he has a question. He would love to hear our perspective, specifically your perspective. I'm gonna, he shouts out to you there. Uh, is all life worship? Many argue that the Old Testament was restricted to cultic practices associated with the temple, but New Testament worship consists of all of our activities, since we have God dwelling with us always and we're the temple. So... Is there a difference between worship in the assembly and worship in our day-to-day -day lives? Many thanks. Well, that's a great question. Yeah. Um, short answer, yes, there is a difference between our worship in the assembly and our daily lives. But let's back up and push the minus view on the Google Maps and come out okay. for a broader view here of Zoom the Bible. Zoom out a bit. We're zooming out. Uh one of the confusions we have is the word worship. Mm -hmm. For us, it's a word. But Jed's going to put up a slide for you that shows that really in the Bible, there are multiple words, and these words give different nuances. There's about 19 or 20 different Greek and Hebrew words that yeah. refer to this. So... There is truth in both of those perspectives. Uh, obviously, when you when you go to a passage like Romans 12, 1 and 2, you can read that for us. Yep. Okay. I was set for an Old Testament start. Here we go. Acts, Romans 12. Acts in the letter to the chapter 12. <laughs> 12, 1 and 2. We've got, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testifying you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, so he's couching this in the language of presenting an Old Testament sacrifice, like someone would... 
right. present an animal, you know, back in the in the Old Testament time. But at the end of verse one, he says, "Which is your what? Does yours translate it? Spiritual worship." All right, those two words are very important because the word spiritual is not pneumaticos, which is our. Mm-hmm. That would be the word we normally see in Paul or something for spiritual. This is the word L-O-G-I-K-E-N. And in our modern pronunciation, we would say logicane. Right. Logicane. Okay. And so it's the word logic. It refers to the mind. It means your mental. And then the word for worship or service there is not proskuneo or one of the common words we would think for uh, about worship like approaching and prostrating and that sort of thing. yeah it, it's not that word it's yeah. latreia or latreon which means priestly service mm-hmm. so really he's saying the sacrifice god wants from all of us is the service of our minds okay basically what he's saying is he wants you to present your mental energy mm-hmm. to god every day yeah. Okay. Which would go on with his transformed by the renewal of your mind. Yes. So. So, and and earlier in the book in Romans seven twenty five, he says, "So then I, with my mind, am serving the law of God." Hmm. So the idea is that it's not just your body, but it's the mind that controls your body, and he wants the mental energy of your mind to be given to God as a sacrifice. Okay. So in that sense. Your life is a sacrifice to God. Yeah. It is an offering to God. So in that sense, it's legitimate to say life is worship in the sense that we're offering our life to God as a sacrifice. Yeah. However, in the Old Testament, now we're going back to the Old Testament. Okay. There are there are things that people did to reach out and connect with God that were place time specific Mm. and for example um when you go to genesis 4 25 okay it's talking about um cain abel and seth yeah and it's talking about how that cain was viewed uh as per genesis 3 15 more as the offspring of satan and abel was viewed more as the offspring of the woman because he was righteous and then they Cain killed Abel and then read mm-hmm. what happened there Genesis 4:25 It says and Adam knew his wife again and she bore a son and called his name Seth for she said God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel for Cain killed him to mm-hmm. Seth keep going yeah to Seth also a son was born and he called his name Enosh at that time people began to call upon the name of the Lord all right so the descendants of Seth, who was a righteous one like Abel, mm-hmm. they began to, quote, call upon the name of the Lord. But the way that Genesis uses that, it's talking about those that worshipped God in the way that Cain and Abel tried to worship when they offered sacrifice to him. Mm. Okay. How, how do I know that? Well, go to Genesis 12, verse 8. Genesis 12, verse 8, I think. 12, 8. From there he moved to the hill country. All right. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Now notice there, Mm -hmm. in that place, Mm -hmm. 
He built an altar to the Lord. Yep. And called upon the name of the Lord. Right. So the building of the altar, altar and the offering of a sacrifice, as Abel did back in Genesis 4, mm-hmm. was calling on the name of the Lord. It was an overt place-time-specific action by which he reached out and called upon the name of the Lord. Yeah. Uh, 13.4, doesn't it say the same thing? Let's see. It says, to the place where he made an altar at the first, and there Abraham called upon the name of the Lord. All right, and then in Genesis 20 or 21 right at the end, let me see which one it is. Maybe 21 or so. Yeah, Genesis 21, 33. 33. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. There, in that spot. At that spot. At that time, mm-hmm. he called upon the name of the Lord. Okay. So there was there was the practice of people stopping from the daily life. Right. And in a particular place, in a particular time, reaching out to connect with God through sacrifice. Okay. And by doing that, calling out to God. The, the word kara in the Old Testament means to call out to, to get God's attention. Hmm. So at that moment, they were calling out to God to get his attention. Yeah. Now, see, you don't have the word worship. Right. But that word restricts us in really understanding what we're talking about. You do have place, time, specific actions whereby we are intentionally trying to connect with God in a special way. Okay. And trying to be accepted by God in that connection. Yeah. See, that's... So um, when you read the rest of the Old Testament, if you'll take that through, uh, it, it often talks about people who habitually do this, meaning from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like Samuel and the priests, uh, people like others. But uh, in addition to that, Look at, is it Psalm 100? Let's see what you're looking for. To make a joyful noise. Yeah, let me get over there and I'll see. Psalm 100 or is it 103 where it says, I will enter his gates with Mm -hmm. thanksgiving. That's 100. Uh, Read read 100 there. Yep. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are the people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. All right, that's good enough. So you have, you have come into his presence. Mm-hmm. Well, wait a minute. I thought God was always there with us. Right. What do you mean come into his presence? Yeah. So... Uh, we have songs that we sing this. There's, there is another set of Hebrew words, which means to draw near or to come near. Mm-hmm. And so one of the ways that this place-time specific activity was described in passages throughout the Old Testament is to draw near or come near to God. Mm-hmm. And, and you do that, like, like if you're standing over there and I come near to you, I'm doing that on purpose. Right. I'm making a conscious effort to 
come into your presence, to come near to you. Um, this was called in the Old Testament pilgrimage, mm-hmm. because in order to do that, since the temple was the place where this stuff happened, or the tabernacle, right. they had to make a physical journey to come from one place to another. Okay. Uh, now, go to Psalm 42. We've covered this psalm many times, but the first couple of verses there in Psalm 42 illustrate this. And, and the reason this is important is this is a Levite who served as as one of those involved in the in the like the the questioner asked the the cultic services of the temple right and he is wanting to do what we're talking about go Mm -hmm. ahead and read so he says as the deer pants for flowing streams so my soul pants for you O god my soul thirsts for god for the living god when shall i come and appear before god yeah, and some translations translate, when can I go meet with God? Well, mm. as some people would say, well, you can meet with God anytime. You can just pray. But but with him, there was a special sense in which he would come near and actually come face-to-face with God and meet with God, and he had to do that on purpose, mm-hmm. see? So the concept that I'm trying to get across that the Old Testament gets across through these examples is there is a conscious, intentional, place-time-specific effort on the part of people Mm -hmm. to spiritually come into the presence of God and meet God in a special way face-to-face. And so in the Old Testament, that was still limited to specific places in and of themselves. Right. Be it the temple, the tabernacle, or whatever. Right. So then I think the questioner is asking, so now we move into the New Testament, if we've still established that there are practices for places and times and all that sort of stuff, if we're the temple, does that just occur every step of the way, or is there still a specific approach, so to say? Yeah, there is definitely a a specific place-time approach element to New Testament um, worship. And again, see, I'm, by my, by the language, I'm limited to that word. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the confusion lies. Right. Um, but for example, some people say you're praying, you're always praying, your life is a prayer. Well, no. Yeah. No, if you, during your walk, you decide that you're going to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, you at that moment decide that you're going to go into the presence of God and you're going to talk with God and you're going to approach God, then that is place, time, specific reaching out to God as much as Abraham's building that altar and calling on the name of the Lord was place, time, specific. It's the difference between the background noise of just kind of general thoughts about maybe God and stopping and saying, God, I'm calling out to you right now. Yes, and yesterday at, at Broadway, we had a, a, a service about prayer, and our songs were about prayer and mm-hmm. everything. Lord, listen to your people praying, listen to our hearts, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. But the questioner asked about, you know, the Sunday assembly. Just because I'm in the Sunday assembly yeah, does not mean at all that I am coming near into the presence of God or that I am mm. seeking that personal I'm going to reach out to God. Many people come to the Sunday assembly and they sit there waiting for something to happen to them. Yeah. 
but they have not decided to reach out to God or call upon God or to connect with God. So they're not doing that place time specific thing yeah. that we talk about in the Old Testament. Because it still comes down to that mental energy, that mental thought process that we went through in Romans at first. It's like it doesn't matter if it is a Sunday and if it is in a church building or out in the field gathered with a group of people. If you're not devoting that mental energy and focus to him, you're not really approaching in worship? Is that well, a... Well, you're... No, not exactly. Okay. Because, see, you're... Every day, if you're going about your... Like when you take your kids up to the school or when you go to the bank or when you go around town to do different things, you're trying to be what God wants you to be in those situations. Okay. That is still different. Yes. Than what Abraham did and what this Levite is talking about and what we do when we actually intend to connect with God in these specific acts like like our singing or our prayer or in the Lord's Supper. Mm -hmm. um, yesterday, uh, and this is just fresh on my mind, we were talking about prayer and singing about prayer. So during that service, there were several times in which I just stopped in my own mind and I just reached out to God and I just prayed really specifically and hard about different things. And in that moment, I was personally connecting with God regardless mm. of anything else that was yeah. happening around me. And sometimes, you know, I decide in my singing that I, these are my words that I want you to hear God. And I'm, I'm sending those to God. And many times in the Lord's Supper, I'm like yesterday, I'm I'm really trying to, to um, you know, I thought, you know, uh, Ben did a good job. I was going to say, speaking of, of the guy who did our Lord's Supper talk, he talked about he had been tasked with going to speak before and pray before the Lord's mm -hmm. Supper. And so throughout the week, he had been thinking about it. Yes. And so in that sense, he's doing, again, using just the English shortening he's doing one form of worship through the week but then when he was with the body on the sunday morning taking the lord's supper together he was now worshiping right he realized <laughs> that was the moment of connection in a special way right and so you know a lot of times people get into these dichotomous arguments where they're splitting things it's either this or that yeah and if you'll let each passage speak itself yeah our entire life is an offering but there is a definite stream throughout the Bible that there is place, time, specific worship, mm -hmm. <laughs> which it means that at that moment we are intentionally calling out to God. We are intentionally reaching out to, to connect with Him in a very personal, special mm -hmm. way that takes intentionality, Yep. And it is time-specific and place-specific. It's not that you have to do it in a certain place, but time. it is that you do it at whatever place you decide to do it. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It could be you and your family in a hotel room, you know, who knows where in the world. It could be in a church building in a certain city that you've been worshiping at for years and years. Sure. Right. And sometimes, you know, it could be at your kitchen table with your family where you really open up and connect with God and talk with God instead of saying God is great, God is good, and we thank you for the food, let's eat. You really get down and you speak to God together. You know, that could be that time. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll put that I'll put that picture up again with all the different words. Yeah. Because 
these discussions do get very difficult because the same way when we talk about love or all these other things where we have one English word that's trying to convey mm-hmm. 15 different de- definitions, you know. Yeah, another one of the words I know that I felt like a wrap-up there, but another one of the words <laughs> in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word olah, which means to send something up. Mm-hmm. All right, so the uh, whole burnt offering you know, it says that the Lord smells what was sent up. Oh, yeah. And it was a pleasing aroma. This mm. is in Genesis 8 when Noah's doing it on the altar, you know. And yeah. So what are you sending up at a, at a given moment? Some, some yeah. moments you're sending up your overwhelming gratitude. Some moments you're sending up your, your repentance. Some moments you're sending up your praise you know some moments you're sending up but there's the intentionality of sending up something to god from you to him Mm -hmm. and it's a spirit to spirit sending and so there are ways in the new testament that he tells us to do that which include our praying our singing our our connection with god at the lord's supper and really, when we are connecting with God as far as teaching, that's more about us opening up and accepting some things from God. Yeah. Uh, and um, so, anyway, hopefully this generates some more discussion. <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, it's hard to give a whole lot of specifics without going into every aspect of worship. Like, what's the difference in singing while I'm walking down the sidewalk or singing with the group of people. And we could have that discussion with prayer and with everything else along the way. You may do some of your greatest worship while you're by yourself singing while you're walking through the field. Yeah. They're both important and they're both true, but there is a distinction between them. Yeah, but if I understood the questioner, the distinction we're making here is not necessarily between those intentional acts of worship that we do while we're by Mm. ourselves and those same intentional acts of worship we do at the assembly, the distinction is between the idea of my whole life being an offering and those intentional place, time, specific things which God does require from us or ask from us. Yeah. So maybe to say, yes, our life is worship, but just because you walk throughout your day and you say my normal day is worship doesn't mean that we shouldn't have the intentional moments. If we don't have intentional moments, uh, we're not doing and having the kind of relationship God asks us to have throughout the whole Bible. Yeah. So this is a this is a whole Bible thing. Mm-hmm. And people who tried to give their lives to God the whole life. They were also people who regularly had those intentional place time specific connections with God. Okay. And then just to clarify again, because sometimes when we say in our New Testament context, place time specific, people say... We don't mean the temple in Jerusalem or the church building. Yeah. So it may be some of those places, but it is not solely related to that. Yeah, and I don't get the idea from this either. We're doing all our disclaimers here that we don't that we don't mean that the New Testament requires us to assemble together. Oh yeah, no. But don't, we got videos on that one too. Don't <laughs> equate the assembly. Just saying that you were at the assembly doesn't mean you mm. did what we've been talking about today. Yeah. Okay. Funny story to send us out. Uh oh. You talked about sending things up. 
one of my strongest memories of leading a prayer as a young kid is I'm up front and I'm like, Dear Heavenly Father, may this praise be, you know, a great sound to your ears and may the things we do be right in your eyes and may we send up a holy smell to your nostrils. <laughs> and I just remember being so embarrassed because I but was that like, was not bad at all. It wasn't bad, but it was just such a weird thing to say nostrils in a prayer. So <laughs> by I know. the by the way, Jed I think you're sending up a holy... <laughs> oh, never mind. I guess I started us down this path, so we'll wrap up there. Glad to have you all joining us. And again, thanks for sending this all the way from Australia. And for all of you who send in comments and questions, greatly appreciate it. Hope you have a great week. You too. We'll see you later. Thanks next again time, for Dan. listening right. to these weekly Bye, conversations between myself and Dr. Dan Owen. Conversations with Dan is an outreach and teaching ministry of the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. You can find us online through most of the major social media sites or through our website, broadwaycoc.com.